come in. I'm Tommy Grimes. What a pity. But for the time being, at least, the possession of a house is beyond the reach of most of us. For a house is a symbol of our heart's deepest desire. A place all ours. A place to tend, to fuss over. A place to attach ourselves to. A place to cherish. And always a place to come back to. A place to feel warm and welcome and even loved. Why, then, is our story called The Forbidden House? This is our house. I was just passing by. Are you from around here? Uh, no. Where are you from? No special place. You don't have a home? I have a home. Where is it? I'm looking for it. Oh, you're lost, huh? Yes. Lost. Our mystery drama, The Forbidden House, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Tony Roberts and Diane Kirkwood. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Do you have a vision? hidden in one of the back rooms of your mind, of the sort of house you may one day own? Is it tall and white and Victorian, or low and gray and rambling? Oh, there are many styles in houses, each with its own special charm and virtue. It is up to you, it is your challenge, your goal, to make one particular house your very own. I was living my mother's life again, something that pleased her and pleased me. Just 21 years ago, she married a local boy, my father. And 20 years ago, she found out she was pregnant with me. She'd gone to Dr. Cotton, the only gynecologist in Cooper's Plains. She'd arranged to have her baby, me, in the little house my father had bought for her. And here was I, today, making the same arrangements with the same doctor. You're sure now, Ellen? Oh, yes, I'm positive. I won't have it any other way. There's a brand new hospital in Cooper's Plains, you know. I know, I know. All sorts of fancy gadgets and such. I won't need any fancy gadgets. New doctors? Young doctors? I don't want any new young doctors. I want you. (laughs) Ellen, love, I'm 80 years old. Then mine won't be the first baby you've delivered. The first? Oh, my stars and garters, as we used to say when I was an intern... I guess I must have delivered thousands. Well, then, Dr. Cotton, I'm going to have my baby in the same house where my mother had me. In the same room, in the same bed. It's the uh, big golden oak four-poster. I don't suppose you remember it. Mm, I can't say. And I mean to have the same doctor. So don't turn me down. Oh, heavens to Betsy, I'd never do that. Charles and I are going to start doing the room over. New wallpaper, fresh coat of paint, so it'll all look spanking new. I suppose the wallpaper that was there when you brought me into the world is still there, underneath somewhere. Probably we'll uncover it. You going to do all this yourselves? That isn't hard. Charles knows how. Nothing to it. We'll do it together. Well, during these early months, I have no objections. Uh, Charles bring you here? Mm-hmm. He's waiting outside in the car. He agree with this notion of yours about the baby? 
It's not a notion. Well, this, uh, whatever. We really didn't discuss it. Don't you think you should have? No. I do. My mind was made up. All he had to do was agree. That the way you run things at home? <laughs> not everything. Just this thing. Actually, Charles hadn't approved of my idea at all. Still didn't. But it was my baby, my house, my room, my bed, my doctor. Just as I had been my mother's baby, born in her bed and in her house, delivered by her doctor. And it gave me the greatest, the widest sense of peace and contentment to know that I was doing exactly what she had done 20 years before, in exactly the same way. Everything okay? Couldn't be better. Hop in. I do so love that old man. Old is right. <laughs> but he says it's okay for me to help you with the wallpaper. He says the exercise will be good for me. Yeah. He say anything about uh, you having the baby at home? Not much. Well, he must have said something. He mentioned the hospital in Cooper's Plains. What about it? They have a lot of fancy new gadgets, he said. Also, he said they have a lot of young doctors. Well... Well, suppose you need a fancy gadget or a, or a young doctor. I won't. Yeah, but what if you do? Oh, Charles, look. What if you do? But the circus is coming to town. Hey, look, look there. A young doctor sounds good to me. And it'll be here next week. Oh, we have to go. Your mind is really made up, isn't it's it? It's that little traveling circus. It was in Connorsville last week. You won't change your mind? No, Charles, I will not change my mind. On what night can we go to the circus? Charles more or less sulked all the way home. I chattered on about the circus. And by the time we approached our little house, I'd pretty much got his mind off my decision to have my baby in my own home. And the mere sight of our house brought that feeling of peace and contentment again. It washed over me like a blessing from heaven. A special grace. Isn't it sweet? What? What's sweet? Our house. Sweet. It's it's sweet. Don't you think it's sweet? Well, I never thought of it as sweet exactly. Well, it is. It's sweet. And I'm going to have a sweet baby. Because I have a sweet husband. You know what? You're sweet. Mm. Hey, look. There's somebody on our porch. Oh, you're right. So there is. Mm. I wonder who. Delivery man, maybe. Probably the wallpaper. Uh, hello there. But the store said not till next week. Uh, uh, something we can do for you? Um, we live here. This is our house. Yes, we're the owners. I, uh, I was just passing by. Saw your hammock. Thought I'd, uh, thought I'd try it out. Just, uh, resting up? Uh, yes, yes, just resting up. Are you from around here? Me? No, no. Where are you from? No special place. You mean you don't have a home? Oh, I have a home. Well, where is it? I'm looking for it. You're lost. Yes, I'm lost. Um, Charles, why don't you make some coffee? Uh, I'd like some, and, and I think this gentleman would. You would, wouldn't you? You look a little tired, after your walk and all. Charles, coffee? Okay. 
Uh, or would you rather have a drink? We have some wine and some beer, I think. Oh, coffee would be fine. Oh, Charles, will, will you make it and, and bring it out here? Well, why don't you? No, I, I'd rather you did. Please. All right. Won't take but a minute. He'll be right back. Um, my name's Ellen Conway. That was my husband, Charles Conway. Oh? Uh, what's your name? If you don't mind my asking. My name? Well, if you feel like telling me. They, uh, they call me Billy. Just Billy? That's all. Just Billy. Uh, who, who calls you Billy? Why, everybody at the circus. They all call me Billy. You're at the traveling circus. Oh, why, isn't that wonderful? Well, I think it is. No, coming back from the doctor. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have a baby. So we went to see Dr. Cotton. He lives down the road. Well, coming back, we passed a calliope. I guess that's what it was. We didn't actually see it, but we heard it. And it sounded so wonderful. We're planning to go. It's just a little circus. Oh, even so. It has only one ring. Any circus is wonderful. We, we, we set up out of doors. A hundred... Tent. That's where a circus should be, under a tent. You have to sit on folding chairs. Oh, I won't mind. I I'd stand up for the circus. We'll only be here two days. Um, what do you do in, in the circus? Are you a performer? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I take care of the animals. Really? But that's wonderful. That's, that's really wonderful. You think so? Oh, I certainly do. I love animals, don't you? Yes, yes, I do, I do. Not that we have so many animals, just a few, two elephants and ocelots. Oh, of course, we we have horses and, and, and uh, some performing dogs. They do an act. When the baby's born, we're going to get a dog. A dog and a baby at the same time. Don't you think that's a good idea? Yes, I do. So neither one is jealous of the other. <laughs> now, all my life, I've looked at women walking down the street with a baby in a perambulator and a dog on a leash, and, and I've always thought that those women had absolutely everything. Of course, you need a husband to have both of them. A husband and a house. Yes, a husband and a house. Oh, here's Charles with the coffee. Thank you, darling. Let's set the tray down in front of me. I brought uh, cream and sugar. Oh, Billy, uh, cream, sugar? No, thanks. Uh, we take ours black, too. There you are. Thank you. Uh, Billy was telling me he works for the circus. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, just uh, what do you do at the circus? He takes care of the animals. Animals? Animals are the best, the very best, because they're honest. Animals are absolutely honest. They, they give you the very best of what they have to give, and, and, and they, they give it honestly and openly without any, um, any pretense, any pretending it's what it isn't. <laughs> There's nothing hypocritical about animals. I love them. I love all of them. And I hope they love me. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they all do. Yes, certainly. I, uh guess I'd better get back to them. Well, if you think you should. Yes, I, I should. Thank you. Th th thank you for the coffee. Well, you're very welcome. Come back sometime. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, why, why did you ask him to come back? I don't know. He looks so, un so unhappy. 
so haunted. Yeah, so screwy is more like it. <gasps> Look, he's coming back. He's turned around and he's coming back. Good Lord. Now, don't be mean to him, Charles. Please don't be mean to him. I won't. Uh, well, uh, uh, forget something? Please, please, don't make me leave. Don't make me go away. I have to stay here. It's important. Believe me, it's very, very important that I should stay here. In some countries, it is the very last gesture of acceptance and a degree of familiarity to invite an outsider into one's house. A gesture made only with reluctance and a degree of lingering suspicion. Here we tend to be more casual with our invitations, more free and easy. Or are we simply more careless? We'll return shortly with Act Two of The Forbidden House. Conway has decided to give birth to her first child in the same bed, in the same room, in the same house where her own mother gave birth to her, and in that way to establish the continuity of life that we all long for. Ellen's decision to duplicate the experience of her mother has this final addendum. Her child will be brought into the world not only in the same bed and house where she was delivered, but by the same doctor. I'm Dr. Cotton, and I should have retired long ago. But I do so love to practice medicine. So when Ellen Conway said she wanted me to deliver her child at home, in the same house, the same bed where I delivered her, well, after a modest demurral, I said I would. But I wasn't prepared for what happened next. Is Dr. Cotton? Doctor, this is Charles Conway. Oh, yes, Charles? Could I drive over to see you, Dr. Cotton? Why, yes, certainly. Anything wrong? I don't really know. I mean with Ellen. Well, Ellen's all right, I think. Well, she was here only a week ago. Well, that was a week ago. Well, what's changed? Any symptoms? Uh, no, no, it's nothing like that. Uh, will you be bringing Ellen with you? No. No, no. She doesn't even know that I'm making this call. I, I don't want her to. I wouldn't be calling, except I need someone to talk to, and I can't talk to her. Not about this. You understand? Now, drink this, Charles, and tell me what's bothering you. Well, when you saw Ellen uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, well... I took her home from here, and when we got to the house, there was this man sitting on our front porch. Nice-looking guy, about, uh, about 50 years old, thereabouts. Uh, he'd been out for a walk, got tired, and simply walked up our front steps and sat down in our hammock. She told him her, her name and asked him his, and he said, uh, they call me Billy. Billy what? Just Billy. People at the circus call him Billy. He told Ellen. Oh, yes, 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 the circus. It was in town for a couple of days. Yeah, it's playing all the small towns on the circuit. That's the trouble. You said trouble? He won't leave us alone. He keeps coming back. 
All because Alan let him into the house that first time. Charles, you've got me all confused. That, that very first time, when he stood at the foot of the front steps, looking so darn pathetic, uh, Ellen asked him inside. First mistake. Well, he stood there looking around like a kid who's seen Santa Claus. He kept saying, wonderful, wonderful place. He sort of breathed the words. We, we asked him to stay for dinner. Mistake number two. He hardly ate anything, just looked from Ellen to me and back again as though we'd done something so marvelous he couldn't even talk about it. I thought we'd never get rid of him. Because you understand, he doesn't have much in the way of conversation. He could be feeble-minded for all I know. Not quite all there, you know. He could be very shy for all you know. Uh, well, maybe. Thing is, he keeps showing up. Stands outside, looking pathetic until somebody lets him in. Sounds like a stray dog. That is what he's like. Uh, some lost, abandoned, stray dog that nobody wants. But the man hasn't done you any harm, has he? No, but... Uh, no real harm. Well, he makes me uneasy. I, I don't think he's quite right in the head. That could be, couldn't it, He's strange. Prospective fathers are commonly more apprehensive than their wives, who, after all, are going to do all the work. Prospective mothers, on the other hand, are invested with a placidity that is wondrous to behold. As though they've been blessed, as indeed they have. But more than blessed... Endowed with a mystical insight that lets them divine arcane truths that their husbands can only guess at. Ellen had this look of inner knowledge when she came to my office to be checked over. Everything as it should be? Absolutely. How are things at home? Fine. Did I hear somewhere that you have a guest? Someone staying with you from time to time? Who told you that? No, I heard it somewhere. Ah, uh, Charles told you. Maybe it was Charles. And Charles doesn't approve of Billy. Uh, Billy makes him uh, uneasy, I think. Well, he doesn't make me uneasy. Charles seems to think Billy... Uh, is that his name? Billy? Charles seems to think Billy is a mite strange. Well, he's different. Not quite right in the head? Not quite all there? Maybe. You've no idea how he helps me around the house. He's crazy about that house. Not about you? Oh, no. I mean, I mean, he likes me well enough. I'm sure he does. No, it's, it's the house he loves. Why, he cleans and he waxes and he dusts. And he gave the porch a whole new coat of paint. He does all sorts of things. Every time he shows up, he's got it all planned what he'll do next. <laughs> and he brings presents like a, a big brass knocker for the front door or a fireplace set. Never anything for me or for Charles personally. Just things for the house. It's just a modest little house, as you know. But the way Billy is going at it, it's, it's going to be a little jewel box. Oh, I couldn't get along without Billy. And if he's strange or different, so what? Everybody should be strange and different. What's so perfect about the rest of us? 
Very little. Very little. Ellen, would it make you feel better if I stopped by and met Billy? Would that help? I don't need any help. And I feel fine about Billy. Would it help Charles, do you think? Oh, well, I guess it might. Then I'll do that. Actually... Yes? Actually, he's at the house right now. He's in bed. Oh? Uh, he has a cold or something, and I put him to bed. I put him in the big four-poster bed. The one where you plan to have your baby? It's in the guest room. I could have put him in the downstairs room, I suppose, but... Oh, well, it doesn't matter. He won't be there long. Uh, well, why don't I jump in my car and follow you home and take a look at him? Yes, why don't you do that? I wouldn't want anything to happen to my Billy. Uh, Cotton's my name, Dr. Cotton. Uh, Mrs. Conway thought it'd be a good idea if I stopped by and took a look at you. I uh, just have a cold. She, she shouldn't have. Yeah, let me uh, pop this into your mouth, will you? That's it. Under the tongue. Now close your lips. Now, let's see about your pulse. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, they tell me you work for the circus. Every boy's ambition, and you made it come true. So few people do that. Most of us give up the dreams of youth and do what's expected of us. Although I can't say that about myself. I wanted to be a doctor almost from the age of five. But, no, 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 that's not quite true. At five, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, you, uh, you like animals. Uh, 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 keep that in your mouth, please. <clears throat> yes, I like animals very much. I find I can count on them. Great thing to have something you can count on. Okay, I'll take that thermometer now. You know, there's a dog at the circus. He's part of the dog act. But he doesn't perform very well. I, I, I think they'd let me have him. And when Mrs. Conway's baby is born, I'll give him to her. <laughs> That's a nice idea. Well, your pulse is steady, but you're running a slight fever. Okay, now, tell me something about yourself. I know your name is Billy, right? Well, I don't know if it is. It's, it's, it's what they call me at the circus. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you come from, Billy? I travel around. With the circus? How long have you been doing that? A very long time. A very, very long time. All your life? No, no. Not all. Since you were a boy? Something like that. Yes, but before the circus, where was your home? What was your life like? Oh, beautiful. Really? Tell me about it. I lived in a house. With your father and mother? Yes. But you ran away, didn't you? Ran away and joined the circus. Yes. I did that. Why? Why did you? It... It was a long time ago. I don't remember. Well, Doctor, how's my Billy? Will he be all right? Just as you said, he's got a cold, slight fever, that's all. What did you think of him? Ellen. Ellen, I'm 80 years old. I don't know anything about the, 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 the whatchamacallit, the human psyche. In my day, they didn't teach those things. I can't diagnose those, those 
mental things. I'm good for delivering babies. Taking care of mothers. But you liked him, didn't you? Sure, I liked him. He seems like a very sweet, very gentle man. Wouldn't hurt a fly. But Charles was... He was right when he said the fellow is strange. Different. He's... He's so... So vague about everything. His name, his parents, where he came from, why he joined the circus. Everything. Uh, wait a minute, wait. There's something called a fugue state. I remember something about that. Yes, yes. A fugue state. What is it? Why, it's a pathological condition. I remember that much. And it's apt to last a good long time. And the person in a fugue state is given to wandering about, rather like a sleepwalker waiting for someone to waken him, but dreading the moment of his awakening. I was simply saying whatever came to mind, just letting my thoughts, my feelings pour out. Not like me, not like me at all. Could it be that I felt some kinship with this strange, this distinctly different man? That I felt myself to be, as the book of Exodus says, a stranger in a strange land. What has all this to do with the house? Why, nothing at all or a great deal. For each of us feels to a greater or lesser degree that we are strangers in a strange land bewildered as to how we got here, helpless to decide where we are going. And in this wild wilderness full of doubts and fears, few things are as reassuring and as comforting as a house which is ours, a place where we can say there, there within those walls, I belong. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. Thus far, we have heard from Ellen Conway, who first invited the stranger into her home, and from Dr. Cotton, who has declared the errant visitor to be in a fugue state, a pathological condition characterized by wandering, one which can last a good long while. It is time now to hear from Charles Conway, who from the start has viewed the wanderer with suspicion and mistrust, calling him strange, different, and possibly deranged. The whole thing was getting ridiculous. Hardly a week went by that we didn't get a visit from this Billy character. And now he was tucked up in bed in the guest room, <laughs> with my wife waiting on him hand and foot. She even had Dr. Cotton come to see him. <laughs> he isn't doing any harm, Charles. It's not as though he was living here. Well, he might as well be. He shows up at least once a week. But now he's got a cold, and Lord knows how long he'll be around. Not very long. Well, why don't you call the circus and tell them to come and get him? The circus is in a tent. I don't believe they have telephones in tents. Yeah, well, you could drive over there. <laughs> to wherever it's playing. Charles, please. 
It's not like you'd be here forever. When the circus moves on... When will that be? I don't know. Soon, I imagine. Have you asked him? No. Well, I, I can't. Mm, well, I can't. Oh, please don't. Please. It means so much to him to be here. Yeah, our free room and you to wait on. No, it isn't that. I'm sure it isn't. It's the house. He never talks about me or you, just about the house. You mean he's in love with the house? Well, something like that. He's nuts. He's completely out of it. No, he isn't. He's just not what we're used to. He's, he's different. Would you like to know what Dr. Cotton said about him? Not particularly. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Dr. Cotton said he might be in a fugue state. Fugue? I never heard of it. Well, it's not exactly normal. It's it's pathological, Dr. Cotton said. Uh-huh. The guy's crazy. I told you that. That's not what Dr. Cotton said. He said pathological. A fugue state is characterized by wandering. Not the same as sleepwalking, but something like it. He's attached himself to the circus, so he's been safe. You see? No, no, I, I don't see anything except that I want him out of here. Oh, you can't just throw him out. Why can't I? It's too cruel. Like waking a sleepwalker too suddenly or too roughly. No, no, I won't let you do it. Okay, now look, how, how would it be if I went in and told him we'd decided to put up the new wallpaper? How would that be? I mean, he can't want to stay in the room while we're scraping off the old wallpaper and putting on the new, can he? I guess not. All right, then. I'll go up there now and, and tell him. I just hope he takes the hint. If I didn't love my wife so much, I'd never have given in. But this loony guy who'd wandered into our house obviously meant something to her. And being pregnant and all, I... Well, anyway, I, I pasted a smile on my face and went upstairs to the guest room. Okay to come in? Sure. Oh, how are you feeling, Billy? Okay. Did, uh... Did my wife tell you we're going to wallpaper this room? We're going to scrape off the old stuff and put up some new. She told me. Uh, you see, my, my wife is planning to have the baby in this room. She told me. <laughs> right in that bed, as a matter of fact. I know. My wife was born in that bed in this room 20 years ago. Same doctor. Dr. Cotton. You met him, I believe. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Well, we thought... We decided that we'd scrape off all the old wallpaper. Lord knows how many layers there are underneath. We thought we'd take it all off and put up some fresh new stuff she bought. You know, paint the woodwork and dress up the... Uh, I, I don't know how to hang wallpaper. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't hinting around, Billy. I, I didn't mean you should do it. But I could do the painting... At the circus, I did some of that. No, I, I didn't mean that either. What I meant was, well, we, we have the paper downstairs, and if it's all right with you, we, we ought to be getting at it. It's all right with me. I mean, like, uh, tomorrow in, in the morning? It, it means moving the furniture out uh, and all. Do you know what I mean? You want me to help you with that? Well... The first thing in the morning, would you? Why, sure I would. Oh, well, that's very good of you. That's very nice of you. I'll see you in the morning. Then. See you in the morning. Oh, but, uh, have you heard from any of your friends uh, at the circus? I mean, do they know you're here? Nobody knows. Except me. I know. 
was up early the next morning. Made Ellen get out of bed, too. Frankly, I wanted to get this peculiar man out of the house as soon as possible, and creating a disorder in his room seemed at least a step toward uprooting him. But when I got there, the room had already been transformed. I did it, Mr. Conway. Why, yes, you you did, didn't you? You see? Everything in the middle of the room. So I see. But there's plenty of room to get at the walls. You see? Well, I appreciate this, Billy. Uh, my wife is bringing up some hot water and some rags and brushes. And all we have to do is soak the old paper, soak it good. I've got those scrapers. Uh... Well, for goodness sake, look at all you've done. Oh, Bill, Billy did it all by himself. No fooling. I got up early. You must have. Well, here's the hot water. Let's get started. Hmm. You, you said the uh, people at the circus don't know where you are, Billy. No, no, they don't. Hmm, don't you think they'll be worried about you? I don't think so. Well, they might be. Oh, no, I, I, I don't... I don't think they're worried at all. I'm sure they're all very fond of you, Billy. I don't think so. Now, Billy, we're very fond of you. Why wouldn't they be? Well, look. Look here. Look at this. What is it? There, there's a mark on the wall. What is it? Let's, let's see. Oh, the paper's off. Hey, Billy's got down to the original paint. What is that? It's the shape of a... Oh, I know. One of those wall phones. That's what it is. Somebody had a wall telephone in this room. Well, you hardly see those anymore in these houses. I think this is very exciting. <laughs> well, I never would have called taking off wallpaper exciting. Uh, makes me feel good. Look. I found something else. What? What did you find? Numbers. Oh, five, three, nine, two. What do you think that means, Charles? A phone number, maybe. Oh, couldn't be, with just four numbers. Oh, I just thought being next to the phone... Uh... The phone numbers have seven digits, not four. Anybody home? Oh, the doctor's here. Upstairs, Dr. Cotton. He said he'd come back, and he did. We're in the guest room. Well, 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 what's going on? Well, we're getting ready to paper the room, Doctor. Look what I found. Underneath everything. Well, now, how about that? Where an old wall phone used to be. Oh, yes, yes. Lots of people had wall phones in the old days. And and look here. Numbers. Uh, five, three, nine, two. Somebody's phone number. That's what Charles thought. But just four numbers. Couldn't be. Oh, yes, it could. Fifty, sixty years ago, you didn't dial a number. You picked up the phone and a nice female voice said, Number, please. And you told her the number you wanted, like Cooper's Plains 5392. And she repeated it. Cooper's Plains 5392. Yes, please. Wait a minute. That's my number. Cooper's Plains 5392. That's my number. No, Doctor. Not now. Years ago. When I first started out in practice. I remember it well. Huh. How could I have forgotten it? Cooper's Plains 5392. Mm. 
The old man was obviously agitated about something. He, he muttered to himself, repeating his old phone number over and over, shaking his head as though to clear it, not succeeding. Finally turning to us, and after babbling incoherent excuses, he, he started to leave, only turning at the door to inform us that he'd be back. Three of us went back to work, and less than an hour, Dr. Cotton did return. Uh, please, please, uh, stop, all of you. I want to speak to this gentleman. To me? Yes, Billy, to you. Uh, sit down, will you? Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a name. You may recognize it or you may not. That's the chance we'll take. Okay? Dr. Cotton. That's okay. You trust me, don't you? Yes, I do. All right, then. Now, James Reed Fairburn. That mean anything to you? James Reed Fairburn? No? Doesn't? Well, it should, because that's who you are. Dr. Cotton... You were born 51 years ago in this house. Here? Right here. Maybe in this very room. Now, can you think, can you remember back to what made you give up being James Reed Fairburn? What made you start wandering all over the countryside? Try, will you? I know it's hard, but try. Are you my Uncle Walter? Dr. Cotton. Hush, hush. Are, are, are you my Aunt Bertha? Don't say anything. Leave him alone. You. Are, are you Uncle Harry? Where's Aunt Sylvia? Where's Uncle Elmer? Where's Aunt Jane? Where's everybody? Where are they? There's nobody. Papa and Mama died in the automobile. Now there's nobody except Aunt Bertha and Uncle Harry and Uncle Walter, and they don't want me. They don't say it to my face, but I hear them talking, and I see them looking at me like they don't know what to do with me, like I'm in the way. I feel like something left over. Something that's no good, a nuisance, a bother. So I know what. I run away when nobody will think I'm a nuisance. That's what I'll do. And I'll go back to the beginning and I'll start all over again. I'll go back to when things were nice. You know, people love me. It's all right. He's only fainted. He'll come around in a minute. Put that pillow under his feet. He'll be okay. And I think when he comes to, he'll know that he's James Reed Fairburn. But how do you know who he is? I went home and looked up my old records. From when I first went into practice here in Cooper's Plains. Here in this house, I delivered the first child of my career. It may have been in this very room. He weighed seven pounds. Mr. and Mrs. Fairburn were proud parents and loved him very much. But what happened? 
His parents were killed, both of them, in an automobile accident. He was about ten years old at the time, and the relatives buzzed around and made a big fuss. But in the end, nobody wanted to give him a home. He must have overheard them talking about it. Maybe he just sensed it. Anyway, he took off. For a while, there was a bit of a stir around town, and then everybody just... just forgot about him. Do you think all this time he's been looking for his home? Dr. Cotton, he's opening his eyes. Hmm, so he is. Well, how do you feel? All right? Uh, yes. Yes, I'm all right. Can you tell me your name? We'd like to know. My name... My name is... James... Reed Fairburn. He went back to the circus that same day. The week after, the circus moved to another state, and he went with it. We had postal cards from him from time to time, all signed, Sincerely yours, James Reed Fairburn. the house can be, how the memory of the first one lingers for years, perhaps that is because it is not the first dwelling place, but the second, the one that accepted us when we were summarily evicted from our mother's womb. I'll be back shortly. the day upon us when only those at the top of the economic ladder can possess and live in a house while the rest of us are relegated to sections of space in huge buildings that lodge besides ourselves? People who are strangers to us? Oh, I do hope not. For the enfolding arms of a house can be as precious and perhaps as necessary as a mother's embrace. Our cast included Diane Kirkwood, Tony Roberts, Bernard Grant, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. <laughs> 